Happy Father's Day. It's glad to be here. Uh, excited about today's word. Hey, I left my, my phone over there, which is the, the message is on the phone, so I need the phone. And uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Nehemiah chapter 2. Thank you. This is where we're going to be today. I'm excited about God's word. I think he has a word for us this morning. Um, let's pray. Jesus, we need your help today. We need your word today, a fresh word. And I pray your will would be done in this place today. In Jesus' name, less of me, more of you. And everyone said amen. amen. Titled the message today, Don't Be in Such a Hurry. Here's how I want this to go today, because I want that line to be the line that you take with you today. So when I say don't be in such a yeah, you got it. You're already smart. So let's do it again. Don't be in such a hurry. Okay, so when I say don't be in such a hurry, I want you to say don't be in such a, I want you to say hurry. Don't be in such a hurry. Okay, you with me? All right. We're getting a little feedback, so I'll keep adjusting a microphone. We'll need to fix that because I might come down to you today because I need to make sure that we're not in a hurry today. Don't be in such a hurry. It's good. Pay attention. Unlike Andrews in class who didn't pay attention. I got the last joke. All right. So, um, was that funny? No, so, no. All right. Lindsay's not laughing. <laughs> well, she wasn't. So it's my husband. Okay. Nehemiah chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 1 through 16. And I will read them straight through. And I might need to look at the screen a little bit to help me out with my eyesight. You put it up for me. Thank you. I'm going to read straight through. All the way through the text. So you can just keep on clicking. Early the following spring in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. This is Nehemiah. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. We read this last week. Then I was terrified, but I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad for the city where my ancestors are buried? They're in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven... So he's in constant prayer, but he's thinking of the Lord, and he's talking to the king, but he's having a conversation with God in his heart. With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it pleases the king, and if you're pleased with me, let your servant send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king with the queen sitting beside him. That's important to note. Again, we'll bring that back today in the message today that I feel like God put in my heart for us. With the queen sitting beside him, how long are you going to be gone, he said. When will you return? You're asking for some time off from work. How long is it going to take? After I told him how long it was going to take, which he doesn't tell us, how long would be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, not only let me have vacation, but I want a paid vacation. That's basically what he says. He says, if it pleases the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me the timber that I'm going to need to rebuild the wall. I will need it to make beams for the gates of the temple's fortress, for the city walls, and for the 
house myself. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't it be awesome to go to your boss today and say, hey, can you give me some time off? Also keep paying me and build me a home. Amen. How many would get the answer? Yeah, I'll take that back. Go back. Let me, finish, let me go back and finish that verse. What's the last line? Go back to the verse six. Is it there? Are we good? Oh, oh there we are. Yeah. And the king granted the request because I knew I didn't want to leave this one out. The gracious hand of God was on me. Leave it there. If you have a Bible, this is why I tell you bring your Bible or something, or maybe your phone. Make a note. You need to circle that one because the gracious hand of God was on me. The gracious hand of God was on me. That's the second thing we're going to come back to. All right, keep going. Verse 9. When I came to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letters to them. The king, I should add, had sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me, so to guide me. He's gonna, God's going to protect him on the way. But when Sambal, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official heard of my arrival, they were very displeased. In other words, I had some people coming against me. Whenever you're going to do something for God, you're always going to have some form of opposition. We'll get into that maybe next week. That someone had come to help the people of Israel. Verse 11, so I arrived in Jerusalem. This is the focus. And then circle three days later. Everybody say three days later. Three days later. That's important to know. Three days later, I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone. That's another underline. I didn't tell anybody about the plans God put in my heart. I didn't tell anyone about the plans that God put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animals with us except the donkey that I was riding. After dark, I went out through the valley gate, past the jackal's well, and over the dung gate, which is just an interesting gate, to inspect the broken walls and burned gates. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool. But my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. I just want you to know that. He couldn't fit. He was a little heavy. So though it was still dark, I went up to the Kidron Valley instead, inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered again at the valley's gate. Nehemiah is so detailed, isn't he? He's just letting you know what's happening. He figured you'd care today on this Father's Day of 2021. He wanted you to know. The city officials did not know I had been out there or what I was doing. This is the important, this is where the message comes in today. That God literally put in my heart through all the week. And this whole week I've been meditating on this piece. For I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. Underline that. Highlight that. Circle that. Take a note of that mentally. I had not yet spoken, again, as if we didn't get it the first time. For I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans, and I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. I didn't tell anybody. Three days later, I arrived, and I didn't tell anyone about the plans that God had put into my heart. Don't be in such a Nehemiah had been fasting 120 days. 120 days he spent in prayer and fasting. By the way, if we, as we are in a church fast, we're, we're, we've been fasting, and we're going to complete the fast, 50-day fast we're doing as a church. We're going to end it on the last Sunday of July. I just want to encourage you, you can feel the freedom, you know, to 
follow the Holy Spirit and however and whatever that may look like for you in regards to the fast. If you have questions about the fast, please email us. Uh, let us know. We want to be here to help you walk through that. We don't want anyone, you know, doing something that's unhealthy or whatever. So let us know if you have any questions about fasting. Amen? All right. Nehemiah had been praying and fasting 120 days. And God had been stirring in his heart to fulfill this dream. Now Nehemiah gets his chance and he talks to his boss. He says, boss, can I go rebuild this wall, fulfill this goal that I have? The boss lets him go. He's on his mission to complete that God has given him. And the queen, it said, was sitting beside him. It's perfect timing. It's Queen Esther. Esther was a woman who had a huge heart for the Jewish people. And God's timing of allowing this situation to arise, Nehemiah is watching this all unfold and he's excited. He's ready to rebuild these walls, to rebuild this city. Nehemiah cannot wait to leave his job to do the thing that God has placed in his heart to do. I want you to imagine for a moment so you can kind of get with where Nehemiah is. Imagine a moment that the dream opportunity has come your way, whatever that may look like, be it stay-at-home mom or uh, the business is so successful you could just travel, what, what, whatever this kind of goal may look like for you, that maybe God has placed in your heart. And the day has come, and your, your boss tells you yes, or the financial account system or something tells you yes, and, and you're, you're able to get there. I mean, the, 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 everything is right in line. You've gotten the freedom. You've gotten the okay. You've gotten the assignment to go, and you get there, and it's like you have to have the patience to say not yet. I mean, Nehemiah's given everything he needs to fulfill the thing that God has called him to do, and yet he said three days later, what happened in the three days? I showed up, and just three days later, I started to do some work here. Three days later. He waited three days. He doesn't jump into it. Verse 11, three days later. Nehemiah doesn't seem to be in a hurry. Nehemiah was not in a hurry. Isn't that intriguing to you? Think about it. He had just been given everything he was hoping for. Everything he had been praying for and fasting for. Crying out to God for. And yet, he doesn't show up day one and get to work. What did he do? Maybe he took in the views. Maybe he just relaxed. I don't know. He did a little inspection. We know that. But what discipline it takes to not be in a hurry. And it's just been fascinating me. I think God wants to tell you today. Don't be in such a Nehemiah refused to be in a hurry to do the thing that God had called him to do. He doesn't say anything about what he was there to do. Look at verse 16. Go to verse 16. 
He doesn't say anything to anyone about what he was there to do. I asked the question, why was Nehemiah not in a hurry? Wouldn't you be in a hurry when you were given all the resources and everything you needed to do to start the project? Nehemiah was not in a hurry. And this has been something that's been sitting in me. And I think God has a word for our church and a word for you today. And it's don't be in such a hurry. Don't be in such a hurry. We get such in a hurry in our life. Nehemiah was such a smart leader. He knew that if he had gotten in a hurry and he were to go to the people ahead of time and start casting the vision of what God had put in his heart too soon, you know what he knew? Anybody lead anything, you lead an organization, you lead meetings, you lead teams, you lead things. Okay, we got a lot of followers, amen. Okay. All right, so we, you've said in meetings, when you bring too many people to the table before the vision is ready, what happens? It just falls apart, lots of arguing, lots of debating, lots of ideas, and somebody gets offended because their ideas didn't get taken. And so Nehemiah knew, I've got to have this full kind of idea. I've got to have the plan unfolded before I can go public with it. He's a very wise leader. If you're a leader in any organization, you should read through Nehemiah. Nehemiah will bless you as a leader. Phenomenal leadership book, Nehemiah. He doesn't invite a lot of people to the table because he's wise and he knows. So he takes the time to plan out the thing that God had called him to do. Nehemiah refused to be in a hurry. We are all in a hurry. I wanted to sit down during this because, and if the camera can get me, if it can't, if you're watching online, You'll see my head or just a piece of it. But I wanted to sit down because I don't want to live in a hurry anymore. We live in such a hurry. We're so consumed with busyness. I've preached on this before to you. I've told you, you're so busy. Busy. I heard it once said that the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. That's true. He'll just make you busy. I was reading through a book this week on hurry. And guess what I was doing? Speed reading. <laughs> I was speed reading. Anybody speed read, you're just like, just so you could tell them how many books you read. Oh, I've read 19 books this month. What? You know, and um, I was reading the books. And I was reading this book, and I'm literally in like chapter one. And, I'm, and I learned this in college about how to speed read. You read the first paragraph of the chapter, the last paragraph of the chapter, and then all the paragraphs in between, just read the first sentence and the last sentence. And so that's how I've read a lot of my books. So I was speed reading the book, and somewhere in the middle of chapter one, I, it, it like dawned on me that I'm literally like, I'm speed reading a book on hurry. So I wrote a little note and then I kept speed reading. This is ironic. I'm speed reading a book on hurry. And I kept speed reading because I wanted to get to chapter two before my time ended. We're so consumed with hurry. Anybody else lived a hurry life? You're always in a hurry. 
What is up with participation? Are you just amazing? Like you just, this middle section. Do you ever struggle with hurrying in life? Or you're just like, no, I'm just chill, man. Hurry? I'm not busy. Do you live your life in a hurry? Anybody ever get in a hurry? Yes. In a hurry. In a hurry. Isn't it interesting, I wrote this down, that we have all these saving time devices? I have a question for you. You know, we're always about saving time, right? Like, oh, get a, get a phone, get things. Help us save time. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Like all the devices, all the technology. It's all about saving time, right? All the apps, everything saves time. Who's a fan of saving time? Like, oh, I'm looking for ways to save time. You make purchases to save time. Can I ask you a question? Where does all the time go? What I'm saying to you, do you, do you, do you, are, you are you tracking? It's amazing. We have all these saving time devices, and yet we live in such a busy world. And we're always looking ways to save time, but it never feels like you've saved any time. You just fill it with more things to do. So it's just, it's just an ironic question. Where does all the time go? I don't know. Facebook actually was one of the first of companies, big technology companies, one of the first uh, to be asking this question. Here's the question they asked that allowed them to help become where they are today. How do we consume as much of your time as possible? That was the question Facebook asked. They're one of the first companies to push that agenda because they knew if they could get you to have time, then they could have your money. So they decided to come up with the likes and the comments and the photos and the videos. And every time that happens, you get a little hit of boop, dopamine. They just want your time. Facebook doesn't want your wallet. It's free. It's your time they want. And with your time, they get your money. Where does all the time go? Even as I preach slowly, some of you are nervous. Oh my gosh, how long is this going to take today? And I love when you laugh at my preaching because it just tells me, there it is. I just hit, I just hit the heart. I just got real. You have Father's Day plans, hopefully. Barbecues, whatever you have planned today. We are in such a hurry. This might be the slowest message I've ever preached, and I can feel the nervousness. Such a hurry. Are you getting the message today? I just want you to get the message that I think God has put in my heart for you today. Don't be in such a hurry. In 2000, the year, okay, the attention span was 12 seconds. Our attention spans were around 12 seconds. Today, eight seconds. To put that in perspective, a goldfish has the attention span, this is true, of nine seconds. <laughs> Humans officially have less attention span than a goldfish. Anyone believe that today? Think about trying to teach our elementary schools today. Can we just celebrate our teachers real quick in the room? <laughs> Oh, I lost them again. <laughs> I was watching 
PBR last night. You know what that is? I'm from Texas. Professional bull riding people. What's so funny about that? <laughs> Watch us bull riding. Life goal list. Here you go. The point is, there's a eight seconds on a bull. Like, that's how long they got to try to stay on. Our attention spans are dwindling. Can't stay focused for long. It's just amazing how busy and how consumed we are in our our time and man, our time. Don't be in such a hurry. I want you to take this note and I want you to think about this in your marriage. If you're married, take this thought down. If you're a parent, take this thought down. If you're an uncle, an aunt, a cousin, a brother, a sister, a mom, a dad, if you're related to any other human being, I want you to (laughs) write this down. Hurry. Now here's the note. Are you ready? This is a lesson. Hurry and love are incompatible. I'm going to preach on this one for a minute. Hurry and love don't mix. Our worst love happens in hurry. Here's my, la- here's my, here's my love in hurry. Hurry! We got to go! Get in the car! Hurry! Anybody can relate to this? You do your best yelling when you're in a you do your best yelling when you're in a hurry. Do we do our best yelling when we're in a hurry? Yeah. Hurry! We're going to be late! Come on, Mom. How many of you yelled at your husband today? We're going to be late. Hurry! <laughs> hurry and love are incompatible. You know what a kiss looks like when you're in a hurry? It's not long. Do you get what I'm telling you? Hurry and love are incompatible. They don't work well together. I let the silent happen for all the married couples for just a minute to let you process what I just told you. Hurry! The kids are coming. Hurry! He just went down for the nap. Hurry. <laughs> hurry. 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 Gosh, we're such a hurry. It's such a hurry. Stop yelling at your children because you're in a hurry. Do you know what I know about children? I have four of them. They've never been in a Are your kids in a hurry? I've never seen it. Dad, we got to go. I mean, sometimes they're a little bit late, nervous about being late, but that's only because we projected that to them. They, they learned to not, we got to be in a hurry. My oldest one now is 10. We got to hurry. I'm like, why? You know, oh, because, yeah, that's what I've taught you for 10 years. We're yelling in a hurry. Anybody speed? Anybody go beyond the little number that says speed limit? 
Oh, that's everybody. Because everyone's in a hurry. In a hurry. Constantly in a hurry. Some of the worst accidents happen because somebody got in a hurry. You text and drive. Do you know why? In a hurry. I gotta, get, I gotta respond. I gotta hurry. Hurry. God wants to help you understand something today. It's the principle we can gain from Nehemiah. Don't be in such. That's all I want you to get today. Stop living a life in such a hurry because hurry and love are incompatible. God has called you to love. Love him and love others. You can't love well in a hurry. You know how we know we're in a culture infested with hurry? The first question you are asked when you walk up to Publix today or something, or you walk up to somebody's, hey, how you doing? And we have taught people in culture to say what? Fine. Throw someone off and say, not good, man. Can I talk to you for a little while? (laughs) I dare you. The next, when you go to Publix or your grocery store, wherever you shop, and the person says, hey, how you doing today? Hey, you know, actually, I could use some time. Would you talk to me for a little while? They wouldn't know what to do. You ask people in your office, hey, how you doing? Hey, good. Hey, how you doing? Good. Never stopping to wait for them to even answer. The next time you're in a staff meeting and you know you got a lot to do on the agenda, just take the whole day. Actually, boss, I got a lot to talk about. Can you just, some things going on in my life. Just curious, need some help here. How am I doing? Oh, let me tell you. You'll become like a, an issue with people. Gosh, don't ever ask him again how he's doing. <laughs> He'll tell you. We, we, we got to go. We are in such a hurry. Hurry and love are incompatible. You have to get this how, how, and see how you can't love well and be in a hurry at the same time. You ever had dinner with somebody you knew it was going to be a long night so you decided not to invite them over? None of you, but, you know. You're like, oh, this is going to be a long night. You don't love well in a hurry. Are you getting the message today? Dads, you don't love well when you're in a hurry. You're not going to love well when you're in a hurry. And the tension is, for many of us, we live life in a hurry. When Satan can't make you sin, he'll make you in a hurry. He'll make you busy. He'll take your time. I'm not saying Facebook is Satan. But I am saying (laughs) Satan can use Facebook to take your time. Anybody get on social media late at night? It's so easy just to hop on social media. So my wife told me she's going to do something of the day. Before she goes up the staircase, she's going to put the phone down 
I'm going to hold you to it because I'd rather be playing games, hanging out, you know, spending some quality time than <laughs> games, Yahtzee, cards, people, games, what kind of games. My point to you is invest in your marriage with one another. Get off social media when it's late at night and laying down in bed. Just have a conversation. Just, I mean, kissing is way better than social media. When I kiss my wife, when I kiss my wife, it's like a shot of boop, dopamine. Like, yes, do that again. Amen. Come on. Don't be in such a. I think another reason beyond planning was that. Nehemiah knew something, and I'm going to preach this because I want you to get this downloaded in your heart. I'm not up here for a grade on how I did today. I want you to take this and do what James, the brother of Jesus, said, and don't just hear what I'm telling you today. Do what God is saying today. There was a verse we put up a minute ago. The gracious hand of God is upon my life. Where's it at? Verse 6. Am I missing it? Verse 7. Can you go to it real quick? I think it's verse 6. Because the gracious, or is it verse 8? 8. Because the gracious hand of God was on me. I think one of the reasons why Nehemiah chose not to be in a hurry was because the gracious hand of God was on him. When you know that God is with you, you don't need to be in a hurry. When you know that God is watching over you and he is with you in everything you do, you don't need to be in a hurry. This is one of the great secrets, I think, of Nehemiah showing up and not being such a rush to build the buildings, to build the walls, to build the company, to build this, to build that, to do these things. Because he knew the gracious hand of God was on his life, so he didn't need to feel in a hurry. God is with me. I do not need to be in a hurry. And I'm writing this down to let you know the gracious hand of God is on my life. And because he's so gracious to me, I don't need to be in a hurry. I think some of us have been influenced too much by Eminem. Where is he going with this? <laughs> so he just referenced Eminem. You only get one shot. Look at all you people listening to Eminem. So. You only get one shot. One opportunity to seize your moment. We live that way. As if the gracious hand of God isn't big enough to cover that one moment. God can do anything he wants to do, whenever he wants to, however he wants to. You only get one shot. This is your chance. Gracious hand of God was on my life. I didn't need to be in such a hurry. I want to illustrate this. I want you to know, God is the God of perfect timing. The queen is sitting beside him. It's perfect timing. 
God lined up the perfect time for that to happen. The resources he had, and he refused to outpace God. Can you give me that umbrella? I need somebody up here. I need a man that looks like God. Anybody would say they look like God in this room? Because <laughs> he has a beard? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got a brown beard. He must be God. Hey, Ollie, would you come up here real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. He's got sandals on. I figured it fit. Okay. <laughs> come here, Ollie. Hey, we'll just open this up and put it over your head because it's bad luck. Okay. Here, you can come down here with me. Just come down here with me. I just want you to see this. I want you to get this image. I felt like God gave me this image so that we could kind of help take this in. I'm going to get a little, you've been vaccinated. No, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. The questions of 2021. So, lift it a little bit higher. No, no. Why'd you stand on your tip? Just, just, there, there you go. Just, you didn't want to do this because then it just draws us in. It's weird. So, I want you to follow me wherever I go. This is how Nehemiah lived his life. The gracious hand of God is on me. Even when I don't see it, I don't have to be in a rush because the gracious hand of God is watching over my life. So I know that even though I'm moving and I'm going around, he's going to... How you doing, Ollie? You doing good? Don't let me get wet. I want you to paint the picture that how Nehemiah lived his life, it was like God's covering is over me. I need you to see this picture. Are you ready? Here's the picture what many of us do. Back up just a little bit. We'll move this out of the way. I need you to see this picture because many of us live this way. Ready? This is how we live. Ollie, are you ready? Because this is how many people live. God is covering us. His gracious hand of God is on us. He, he watches over us. But many of us try to do this to God's timing and the plans he has for our life. Now, once you imagine a thunderstorm or a rain, so it's constantly raining in life. Trials come all the time. But oftentimes, this is how we live our life. God, you got to hurry up. I'm freaking... And yet the whole time, we're, I just preached because this is how we live our life. And we're constantly in a hurry. God, we got to go. Hurry up. God, when, when are you going to finally make the miracle happen? Come on, God, let's go. And you're in constant panic. It's constant. But Nehemiah was like, I got a couple of days to chill here. <laughs> because God's grace is on my life. So even if I miss an opportunity, God's gracious hand is so big. He'll make sure it happens. And we live underneath God's grace, church. His hand is upon us. And yet the enemy wants you so desperately To 
be on a run. You're breathing heavy. <laughs> All right, Ollie. Well, he ain't done yet. Well, try to take my gracious hand up from me. I'm getting a message I hope to you people. When you live underneath the covering of God's grace, you don't need to be in such a hurry. I'm not talking about being busy. I'm talking about a heart condition of hurry. I'm not talking about being busy and having full schedules. I'm talking about a heart condition of hurry and wanting to outpace God. I have seen this in ministry 14 years. Some of the worst decisions people make in their life is in hurry. The purchases you make in hurry. The relationships you encounter and and get in through hurry. And you feel like I've got to get out and I've got to go and I've got to move and I've got to move. And when you do, you remove yourself from the covering of God's grace. But, But God in his grace chases you around saying, get under my hand and rest. It's life under his grace. Some of your worst decisions in life will be in a hurry. You never make a great decision in a hurry. The next time you go eat, just tell the waiter, give me a half an hour, I'm thinking about it. When you go to Cheesecake Factory, you need an hour at least through that menu. There's a lot here to process. Some of the greatest dates you've ever had in your life are the ones that weren't in a hurry. That's going to be a great day, a great week, in a hurry. Thank you, Holly. Here you go. You can take this illustration. I'll invite the band to come up. We're going to close out. Can I have a communion cup with me? Somebody have a communion cup? You can bring me one. If you need communion, raise your hand. Somebody will make sure you have communion. We're going to close out today. Thank you. I'll tell this story. We'll partake in communion. We'll sing a song and we'll be done. Keep your hand up. Make sure you have a communion element with you. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, worship team. Hurry can remove you from God's covering. The message that God is speaking to our church and to you, I believe by faith, is don't be in such a hurry. I wanted to preach a message for dads, but also knew it was a message for me, it was a message for the church, a message for us. But specifically to, to the fathers in the room. Dad, stop leading from hurry. You'll be in such a hurry to build the business that God has put in your heart to build, you'll miss the reason why you're building it. Dads, I want to invite you to listen to this from one dad to another. Me and my family went on a vacation recently. Took a 
week and a half or so, a little vacation right when school landed, and uh, we were sitting at Fort Wilderness. We did a, some trips to the mountains and went to Disney. And uh, we were sitting out. We had some campfire stuff and doing s'mores and things like that. And one of our favorite games to play as a family is Uno. And uh, I brought some Uno cards. And um, so we're playing this game of Uno. This is how the message came to my heart. This is how God began to birth it in me. This weekend even, we were looking to play some games. So then I having game night, Friday night, family night, movie night. We couldn't get some things to work, so we moved into a new house. And sure enough, we played some Uno. But we're on vacation. And we're sitting around as a family on vacation. Like, no work, you know. Vacations, family time. And my kids love to play in such a way that they call stacking. You know what a stacking is in Uno? You, if you put the draw two down, someone else can put a draw two and it can keep going until somebody's out. And then somebody, ha, 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 you got 19 cards, you know, and whatever. And um, so they wanted to play the stacking game. This is my life. Did you know that um, I'm not perfect? I know you think I'm perfect, but I'm not perfect. This is the kind of dad I am. But you were there too, so you contributed to this. But we were, yeah, I'm sharing the blame. Anyways, okay, so we're playing Uno, and the kids wanted to play the stack game. And then I, we, we looked at the kids, and I think I might have spoke first, fair. And my first statement was, that'll take too long. We're on vacation at Disney, have nothing to do, it's evening, and I'm like, we can't play the stack game because it's going to take too long, because we got to hurry, and I don't even know why I said it, it's like we literally had nothing else to do, but my nature is, hurry, that's take too long, you can't play Monopoly, that's too long of a game. That means we have to spend like a long time together. <laughs> so we did the Uno. No, no stack. No, Dad, we want to stack. No, no stacking. It'll take too long. Come on, we got to go. Let's steal three cards, not seven. <laughs> Anybody dad like me at all? I'm like, hurry. You know, a lot of great dads. What is up? No, no. <laughs> We hang out all day, spend time, we go fishing, have sandwiches, have picnics. Okay, I'm preaching to myself. So we do the Uno game and hurry, and we didn't. We didn't play the stack game. This weekend, God would bring me, of course, and I tried to do a board game and a different game, but God said no. Long story short, it all came down to Uno this week because we're moving to a new house. We don't have internet yet, blah, 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 and all we have was Uno. So God gave me a second chance on Friday night. And I said, let's play the stack game. And they're like, yes. And then we ended the first game. And you were like, all right, got to go to bed. And then I said, let's play another one. Let's just take some time. We had some fun, laughter, you know, and just kept playing. 10 o'clock at night, four-year-old, just keep playing. 
message this Father's Day. I'm in such a hurry. Church, you're in way too much of a hurry. Don't live life in a hurry. I know you got schedules to keep, and I know there's appointments, and I know there's a lunch happening, and I, I get it. And I'm okay with full schedule. Jesus had a full schedule. But you know what I know? My God and Chris had brought this to my attention last night. Did you know God's not in a hurry? God has never lived one day in a hurry. You know how I know that? When God decided to deliver humanity from sin, he did it through pregnancy. Why in the world would you just show up, man? If you're Jesus, you're God, just, just, boop, I'm here. No. No. I'm going to do this through pregnancy. In other words, I'm going to take my time on this. And then Jesus doesn't really begin the ministry stuff till he's 30. Why didn't he start when he was 10? He was smart enough. The lesson, I'm not in a hurry. I'm a God of perfect timing. And I don't need to be in a hurry. I came to tell someone in this church, stop fathering from hurry. Stop being a husband from hurry. Stop being a mom from hurry. Stop living a life of hurry. One of the things that robs you from God's presence is hurry. 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 There's a line in this song and we're going to let you partake in communion whenever you feel led to. We'll sing a few lines. And it's just this line that says, when I'm in your presence, it always leaves me wanting more. When I heard this song, Milvia sent it to me a couple weeks ago. I'm driving in the car, picking up church signs. I pull over the car I get a little emotional in my heart and I'm like moved by this word when I'm in your presence you always leave me wanting more and I thought about you I really I thought about all of you and I thought about where I was I've been in such a rush to try to get these services down to a certain time it's like we gotta get I'm just certain is true clock is irrelevant when you're really in God's presence I'm, I know theology I get it oh he's always with you he's with you wherever you go and he's with you when you're in a hurry and I, okay when you're in the midst of God's presence people there's really no other place you'd rather be everything bows down to that time time by the way is based off of the birth of Jesus, right? I mean, they're trying to shift it to BCE, you know, and, but really it's BCAD, right? Time. When you're with Jesus, 
it will leave you wanting more of his time. This Father's Day, I want to give a chance to play it. And I'm going to challenge you. It's 11.30. I know you have a reservation. I know. It's part of the application here. Would you just close your eyes? When you're with Jesus, it's just going to leave you wanting more. sing this song, invite you to partake in communion because today's Father's Day. It's a day of remembering our dad. Your dad loves you. Your dad is all you need. And your dad loved you so much, he said, I want you to do something as you remember me. I want you to remember me. My power, my grace, how I follow you around, even when you don't think I'm over you, I'm over you. Even when you forget and you get all entangled in life's busyness, if you just put it back in my hands, I'll put it all together at the perfect timing. Trust me. Your dad is a good dad. And he loves you. He has perfect timing. Today, he just wants to sit with you.
gracious. Thank you for the cross. We thank you. Lord, as we leave today, let us not live in hurry. Sure, we might be busy. There might be things to do. But let our hearts not be troubled. Let our hearts not be hurried. Let our minds not be raced. Help us, Lord, to love well. To love from rest. To give people the time that they need. To give our children the time that they need. Dad, give them time today. Give your wife time today. Your most valuable asset is your time, not your wallet. Your child, were, unless they're the prodigal son, will probably not say, how much money do you have in the bank, Dad? When all said and done, more of the questions will be about how you spent your time with them. Dad, this is for you. Give them time this week, this month, this year. Be intentional with your calendar. Mom, don't live in a hurry. Stop yelling at the kids to come downstairs because you're in such a hurry. Get in the van. Get in the car. Breathe and let God's gracious hand be upon you. Everything that God began in you will be completed until the day that Christ returns. He who began a good work in you is faithful. He is faithful to complete his job. In Jesus' name, amen.